When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't think it's an easy fix. I think it's a, it's a it's a process more than anything. I don't think it's a one day, you know, you're just gonna flip the switch. Definitely not an easy fix, but a fix that needs to be made for the Jaguars because something is definitely broken. Welcome to Teal the Show Plus. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. Justin, Jaguars, uh, two-game skid now. It's uh, it, We're past the, the it's early excuse for the team, you know. We kind of made excuses for them. Week one, they made mistakes against the Colts, which you said, ah, you know what, they won the game. Week two, you go against the defending Super Bowl champions, and you're like, ah, it's the Chiefs. It's okay. They played them close. And then you go against a Texans team that won three games a year ago, has a new head coach, a new quarterback, where without four starting offensive linemen and uh, aren't expected to win that many games, and you, they go out and lay an egg. Uh, there's not really an excuse for that one. No, not, I mean, a 37 <laughs> to 17 loss, unacceptable by any metric that you're using to measure it. Yeah, rebuilding, a bad game, whatever. It doesn't matter how you slice it. That was a terrible performance, and Jacksonville should be embarrassed. You know they feel that way about it. it two in a row. I mean, you could write off the Chiefs game as maybe a little bit of an aberration, but I think this Texans thing's really opened up the, the wounds to there are some bigger problems than just maybe play calling or an offense that's not working. Jaguars have a lot of problems. They got a short week to fix it. At this point, it's past, uh, th it was a one-off. You know, once you have two games that show it in a row, that's who you are. You are what your record says you are. And the Jaguars right now are a one and two team. Here's a look at how the AFC South standings are shaking out right now. Jaguars started the week at the top and now they've slid down just a little bit. The Colts who the Jaguars beat in week one are now in that number one spot while the Jaguars are tied with everybody else at one and two. Now the good news is AFC South isn't exactly a dominant bunch, so the Jaguars should be able to bounce back from this. The bad news is they already have two losses. Two losses, and again, you know, we thought early on in the season that the Colts with a rookie quarterback, the Texans with a rookie quarterback, they'd be easy. They'd be the easy ones in the division. And again, the Colts win in week one. That was a struggle. 31-21. It was not decided until the last few minutes of the game. The Colts played well, and you saw Gardner Minshew, the backup quarterback, former Jag fan favorite in town. The big win in OT over the Ravens on Sunday, and then C.J. Stroud and the Texans. You figure the Texans are going to be extremely bad this year. C.J. Stroud, I mean, there were rumors before heading into the draft. They might even draft C.J. Stroud. He comes out. He's been sacked 11 times in two games and he just carved up the Jaguars. There were some bigger problems. You figured you'd get these rookies early on and be able to kind of make a statement. It's not the case. Jacksonville is reeling, they're struggling, and if you learned anything from those first two games, nothing is gonna be easy for the Jaguars this year. Look, CJ Stroud's going to be a very good player, and the AFC South is going to be very competitive, because Anthony Richardson's looked pretty yep. good so far as well. He was hurt this past week, but when he's played, he's looked really good. Uh, but 
the Jaguars do have a quarterback that they feel pretty good about. Trevor Lawrence definitely didn't have a spectacular day, but not very many mistakes, just really one glaring one. Here's a look at how Trevor Lawrence fared on Sunday against the Texans. 27 to 40 passing, 279 yards, not, nothing you write home about, but there was a touchdown in there and an interception. I think the biggest thing for Trevor Lawrence, who now drops to one and four against Houston, just that one win late last season, is that he's just not getting the help from his wide receivers that he needs right now. Receivers, offensive line, it you know, I, you can't pin a lot of these these first two losses on Trevor. It, to me, it goes deeper than Trevor. He's played well enough in those games. I mean, he, he played terrible last year in some games and they won, but Jacksonville just doesn't have the help around Trevor Lawrence, whether that starts at the offensive line, whether that's the defensive front, not getting pressures. When you get Calvin Ridley dropping two huge passes, including one on the first drive of the game on Sunday, that would have been an easy touchdown. He could have walked in there. Another one he dropped would have stretched the drive out and uh, not, uh, not allowed them to punt. So you, you're not getting a lot of help help from your teammates and Trevor Lawrence you know what he's capable of I think he can carry a team but you've got to have some help and if you're Trevor Lawrence you're not comfortable throwing the ball you're scrambling around your receivers aren't catching the ball just a mixture for things to go bad and we've seen that explicitly in those first two weeks the last two weeks of the, the season Trevor's played fine he's far from the problem on this team so far through the first three weeks of the season his QB rating is somewhere in the mid 80s but if the Jaguars wide receivers just happened to catch most of the passes that were dropped so far, his rating immediately jumps up into the right. mid-90s, which would put him somewhere in the top 15 quarterbacks in the league. So Trevor Lawrence, far from the problem on this team. There are a lot of problems right now. One of them that we have to point the finger at, and we talked about it last time we were here on Teal Show Plus, and that's the Jaguars pass rush. Last week, we expected the Jaguars pass rush to finally kind of erupt, come together. It, it didn't happen that way. Uh, no sacks against the Texans. A Texans team that was without four starting offensive linemen. There's only four. five. There's there, only five of those guys on the line. They were missing the whole line, and somehow the Jaguars' pass rush could not get home. It's a problem at this point. And what makes it worse is that when we talked all offseason, when we sat down and looked at this thing, everybody, everybody on the outside of that organization said, Pass rush could be a problem. They said, ah, you let Arden Key walk, and we know he was just a six-sack guy, but pass rush could be a problem. They need to fix that. They should bring in a Yannick Ngakwe. They should bring in a Melvin Ingram. They should bring in a Justin Houston, whoever it may be. But the Jaguars stood pat. They said, ah, oh, you know, we like our young guys. Ah, we're going to go with the growth of uh, Trayvon Walker. Ah, we're going to stick with Josh Allen, who's in a contract year. And they stubbornly stuck to their guns, and now they're sitting here, and it's week four, and... The pass rush is a problem. It's, it, you know, the offensive line was a problem. The pass rush was a problem. Entering the NFL draft, I don't know how many, how, how many drums you and I beat, Jamal, about what they need to do in this offseason to address the pass rush. You lost Dewan Smoot to the Achilles last year. Pass rush suffered because he was a great depth piece. You've been a great five, six sack a year guy. You lose him. You lose Arden Key. And you're solution was to draft Yasir Abdul. And nothing against Yasir, but again, you're, you're talking about a guy who was a late-round draft pick, and that's the key to your offense, your, your pass rush, anemic pass rush. And you stood pat on Caleb on chase on. He's having a good camp. They just did not do anything to address that pass rush, and it's week three of the season, and it is officially a problem. The offensive line, too, but reinforcements along the way when Cam Robinson gets back in week five, 
there's nobody. There's no silver bullet on this roster to address that pass rush, and that's the most disappointing thing. I'm glad you brought up Cam Robinson because there was something that I was thinking about here, and this is this all goes together. Don't jump off the Jaguars bandwagon or give up on them just yet. And for this exact reason, and it goes along with Cam Robinson. How many years has it been that the Jaguars fan base has questioned Cam Robinson? We've heard the complaints. Ah, oh, don't sign Cam to an extension. Ah, oh, Cam's this. Ah, oh, Cam's a below average that or whatever. And now, how the tables have turned that everyone is like, Cam Robinson is the reinforcements for the offensive line that are coming along. That's exactly why you hold on just a little bit. Everything's going to smooth out, and it should be fine when it all shakes out. Don't rush to those overreaction Mondays, those overreactions of, oh, why'd they do this? Oh, Cam Robinson should be that. Now you're waiting for Cam Robinson, hoping for him to come to town. It, so that's, that's, I totally agree with that. There's reinforcements <laughs> for Cam Robinson. There's no reinforcements for that defensive line, that pass rush. That's what I think you're worried about is that you, you've got reinforcements help. You know, Anton Harrison's going to come around and be good. You know, by I think he's a solid player now, but he's going to be able to you know, have the success against a Chris Jones type, which he's not able to have early. But defensive line, edge rushers, you just don't have any reinforcements unless you're pinning your hopes to Josh Allen becoming that 12-sack year guy, Trayvon Walker busting out. So I like the offensive optimism, but defensive optimism, that's my concern at this point. You're probably yours too, Jamal. Oh, definitely. Look, who, who could have seen the pass rush being a problem? The closest Just thing to everybody. reinforcements around the corner are Dewan Smoot, yep. who uh, he's still on the pup list. He's recovering from an Achilles injury from late last season. So the question is, when will he be ready to possibly contribute? The Jaguars are thinking sooner rather than later as far as him being uh, ready and available. So we'll have to keep an eye on when Smoot is back and just how effective he can be at helping them jumpstart the pass rush. Now, the Jaguars are searching for answers and so are everybody else because this is not the start anyone was really expecting from the team. But maybe, just maybe, you know, you hear football coaches talk about it all the time. You hear players block out the outside noise. There's a lot of hype around this team. Uh, people were talking about Trevor Lawrence in the MVP race. I did. People were talking about the Jaguars making a run through the playoffs and then taking a trip to Vegas. We talked about it here. People were thinking double-digit wins this and double-digit wins that. And the players are supposed to say, you know, hey, we block all that out. We're in the building. None of that matters. But sometimes that hype creeps in a little bit. Absolutely. They hear, they read the, the press clippings and start to kind of feel themselves a little bit. Maybe, just maybe, some of that did creep into the locker room. Luke Fortner says if it did, they need to go on ahead and, and put it behind them now because clearly they're one and two. Well, if they were, I, I hope they're not anymore because, uh, you know, clearly we got a lot of work to do. But I think, um, I think anytime you play in this league, you, you know, you hear things, people talk about how great you're going to be and X, Y, Z. And uh, that's what we talked about pressing is, is people see that and think, I have, to go, I have to go make it happen. When in reality, you know, people are talking about it because you're a great player and because you know, we have all the skill and talent and it'll just happen. I can't say I've been walking around the locker room and see a guy get big headed over it or, or anything like that because it's part, of the, it's part of the game. I mean, if you've made it to the NFL, you've had a ton of spotlight already. So um, being able to handle those expectations, it is a little bit different being in the NFL, but we've had, we've had a lot of guys that have had a ton of success in the league. 
This is definitely a different spot for the Jaguars. This is a team that last year people didn't have high expectations for. It's been a while since there were high expectations for a Jaguars team. Now, some of these players, of course, in college dealt with the expectations. They got to the NFL for a reason because they've had success somewhere out on the football field. But this is a different feeling for the, this group as a whole here in Jacksonville. So maybe some of that hype did just kind of creep in a little bit. And now back to reality. Yeah, and you look at a guy, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, he's a five-star guy from high school. A lot of these guys, the Jaguars, I mean, massive high school recruits, success in college, they're familiar with that. But again, you get the NFL, no one expected anything out of Jacksonville last year. Not anybody in this building, probably only a few people in Everbank Stadium. And you look back at Jacksonville, the last time they had any kind of hype, anything like that was 2018. And how many guys are on this roster from 2018? Not many at all. So you look back, there was no hype around Jacksonville last year. You caught fire at the end. You really kind of flipped a switch after London, became a second-half team. Unbelievable finish by the Jaguars. And you're thinking, man, Trevor Lawrence is ascending, young roster, Doug Peterson. Everything is primed and ready for that next step this year. It has not started out that well. But again, Jacksonville's second-half team last year. I think they'll be fine once they get the kinks worked out. Yeah, playing with those expectations, managing those, dealing with those. Doug Peterson said it multiple times, Sunday and again today. Yeah, there's something to be said about that. Maybe you're reading your press clippings a little too much, believing those things about you, and you got to have a little hard reset and uh, know that you're not really good right now, one and two. Look, they're, they're not a very good football team right now. But the key part of that phrase is the right now. Can the Jaguars be better than that? Many of us expected them to be better than that going into the year. Now they have to figure out a way to get to that mark. The Jaguars have the talent to do it, but until the pieces come together and they show what they can do out on the football field, none of that really matters. I got the chance to catch up with Andre Sisco in the locker room after the game yesterday, asked him that exact question. Are the Jaguars a better team than what their record of one and two says about them right now? And he says, look, we can talk about it all we want, but until they do it out on the field, nothing else really matters. Potentially, but not right now. Uh, I think potentially we got, you know, we could do anything put our minds to as a team, but you know, right now, I mean, you look at the numbers, you look at what's on film. I mean, we could hypothetical all we want, but the reality is you got to make it happen. So me, myself, I'm, you know, ultra critical and just understanding, like, you know, what I envision for myself to help this team out. I'm not doing enough. And then everybody had that same mindset. We get to where we want to go. Team just has to have the same mindset. They have to understand that the talent is one thing. Having the team is one thing. Having the quarterback is one thing. Having the coach is one thing. But to be a good team, they all have to play as one. Got to put it together. Got to put, I mean, everybody in the NFL, they could say, we've got the talent. You hear so many things like that that Andre Sisco said from other players in the NFL who really thinks they're a bad team. It's just about putting it together, executing. That's what separates the Aaron Rodgers from the Trevor Lawrences. I mean, so many of those good guys, it's about that execution. You've heard Doug Peterson say time and again, execution, execution, execution. We know the, we know the material. We practice it. We practice it well, but it's about doing that in a game situation, and they just have not been able to do that through three weeks of the season. I do think they get it corrected, though, cleaned up. All right, that might be an early preview of Justin's pick for next week as the Jaguars get ready to go to London. It's time for one of our favorite segments here, Tired or Wired. A lot of hot takes out there, a lot of uh, overreactions. Of course, it's overreaction Monday. This is what we do, especially when the team is one and two. So we'll go through some of them. We'll say tired or wired and whether or not we agree with the statement or think it's just kind of something that needs to be brushed underneath the rug. All right, first one, we got to start with Calvin Ridley. He had a great week one, but... Uh, 
has kind of come back down to earth since then over the past couple of weeks. So is it time to worry about Calvin Ridley? I think there's some validity to this. I do think there's a little bit of concern with Calvin Ridley. He was out of action for a little bit of time with a year suspension. He left the team before that to uh, take a mental health reset. He was dealing with injuries. So yeah, I think there's a little concern with Calvin Ridley right now. Um, two games, he's had two rough games, had a good week one. Uh, he struggled big time against the Texans, uh, two big drops. Um, Trevor just didn't go back to him in that second half often. So I do think there's some validity to that. Am I extremely worried about Calvin Ridley? No, but I do think there's some validity to, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of reason to worry. Has anything caught up to him? Is there that rust? Is that rust lingering on? So yeah, I think there's some validity to that. Uh, I'm not worried about Ridley. Uh, I, look, he's had his opportunities against the Chiefs. They made it a point that they wanted to take away Ridley and Kirk and make the Jaguars beat them with other players. Jaguars just weren't able to take advantage of that against the Texans. It was just an off day for everybody out on the field. Offensive line wasn't getting the job done. I think Ridley's going to bounce back. He's going to be a good player for the Jaguars. He's fine. There might be a little bit of rust there, but when there's that long of a layoff, you expect there to be a little something. So he is still kind of hearing some of those footsteps and looking before a few of those hits. So you, you've seen a couple <laughs> of drops along the way. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's going to brush it off. He'll be fine down the stretch when the Jaguars need him to. All right, here's the next one. Is it time for the Jaguars? Are they able to turn it around? I think they turn it around. I think... I initially said when I looked at the schedule, I wasn't a 12 and 5 kind of guy. I was 10 and 7. I think the Jaguars are still a 10 and 7 football team. It has not looked like that early on in the season. They resemble more of that 2018 team where they won five games and had really a struggle all season long. So I do think they turned it around. I'm still sticking with my 10 and 7 projection. They will get kinks worked out. Cam Robinson gets back. The offense will stabilize. Worried about that defense a little bit, but I still say 10 and 7 for the Jags. Before the season, I was pretty confident the Jaguars are going to beat the Texans. That didn't happen. I, I'm not ready to, to hit the panic button just yet. Uh, it's going to be a tough stretch when they get back from London. Keep in mind, Jaguars are spending two weeks in London, uh, so we'll see what their record is when they come back stateside. But that trip back is the one that people kept arguing with me that I was worried about. I still think I'm still extremely concerned because they have the Indianapolis Colts as soon as they get back after spending two weeks across the pond. Then you got a short week. You get Thursday night football in New Orleans against the Saints. And then before your bye week, you get to go to Pittsburgh. That is a tough three-game swing right there after that two-week London trip. I'm concerned about that three games more than I am the two weeks in London. Jaguars need to pull off two wins, uh, but I think they can still turn around. Still plenty of time. All right, here's one. We talked about the pass rush earlier. Me and Justin have been split on this one for a while. I'm going to let you lead it off. Uh, Trayvon Walker at this point has one sack on the season, has not looked like a dynamic pass rusher. Would the Jaguars be in a better position if they had drafted Aiden Hutchinson, number one overall. Ah, uh, this is tough, but I'm going to say yes. We've seen the argument on Trayvon was you didn't quite know his ceiling. He got a higher ceiling than Aiden Hutchinson. You kind of knew where Aiden was going to fit in in the NFL. He'd be eight, nine sack a year guy. You kind of knew that's what you were getting with Aiden Hutchinson. Trayvon had a ceiling that was just through the roof, and you didn't know his floor. So uh, Trayvon, to me, still rough, still learning position. Maybe in years four and beyond, he's better than Aiden Hutchinson. But I do think Jacksonville would be better right now on defense had they taken Aiden Hutchinson number one instead of Trayvon. I, this one I've struggled with. Uh, both players have their pros and their cons. Trayvon Walker is by far the better run defender. 
while Aiden Hutchinson is by far the better pass rusher right now. Both of them are, are like polar opposites. Yep. And I think fundamentally it came down to where the Jaguars were like, well, we want to take the guy that's going to stop the run as opposed to taking Aiden Hutchinson, who is the dynamic pass rusher. I'd have gone the complete opposite in today's game. It's about impacting the quarterback. Jaguars would probably be in a better position. We'd be having different conversations right now if they had taken Aiden Hutchinson. And maybe so. not long term, maybe not beyond. Look, I but Trayvon, I mean, Trayvon affects the game in more ways than just getting sacks. Right. And that's the big thing. If you look at Trayvon's numbers, penetration, disrupting plays, he's just not getting to the quarterback. Aiden Hutchinson is getting to the quarterback. He's had more of those dynamic plays yes. and him being a hometown guy with the Lions, shining and fitting in a little better. I think Aiden Hutchinson is the immediate impact mm -hmm. pick Trayvon is the long-term pick so I still right now think, I do think Aiden I still think the star potential about Aiden Hutchinson is probably overblown just a just a smidge just a smidge uh, I think people are, are blowing that a little bit out of the proportion uh, but we'll see if the pieces start to come together now keep in mind me and Justin also disagreed on who would lead the Jaguars in sacks this year Justin says Josh Allen I still am in the Trayvon Walker camp so we'll see I have how a that three to one off. lead he three does to have one a three to one right lead but there's still plenty of season left right all right next one are the Jaguars really this bad Oh, this is tough because run. they have, I mean, they've looked that bad. They have absolutely looked as bad as that indicates. Even in that Colts win, they did not look good in that Colts game. They put it together at the end and made it respectable, 31-21. But they've regressed. I mean, between week, week one, week three, they have absolutely looked bad, especially on that offensive side of the ball. Defense had held it together until yesterday. Um, so I don't think they are this bad. You know, players say, hey, it is, it is what it is. We're bad right now. Travis Etienne said it yesterday after the game. I don't think they are this bad. I think London will be a very pivotal point in this development of this franchise. Last year it was when they came back and things just kind of turned around. I do not think they're that bad. I still think they're a 10-win team. Um, I don't think they're as bad as what we've seen the last two weeks. Jaguars are 1-2 and two and their record is what the team is, so the team's 1-2. and two. They're not as bad as the record is. Like, the sky's not falling right now. There's still plenty of time to bounce back. Don't press the panic button. I'm going to keep saying that. That's my phrase for the week. All right, last one of these. Tire Wired, does a trip to London help? Absolutely. I think that is true fact. I think Doug Peterson is going to be excited to get the team out of town for two weeks. You kind of recharge, reset. You're out of Jacksonville, away from distractions. London is a different beast. Historically, they have done well in London. And I look back, even the Urban Meyer game over there, when you, you go over there um, in that long losing streak. And then last year, it was a bad performance over there against the Broncos. But you come back with a new mindset, a renewed focus. You flipped a switch after that. So I think London is a great time in the season. I'm glad it's happening right now instead of weeks 12 and 13. I think it's a great time in the season. I don't know if they'll win both games over there, but I do think they come back a better team. The trip helps. Sometimes you need to kind of rattle that cage, shake things up a little bit. Going across the pond right now is good. I do think that being there, the Falcons game to me is the more difficult game. I know that sounds crazy, but I think being there a week before Buffalo has to come across does give the Jaguars a little bit of an advantage. We'll start talking about that Buffalo game next week. The Jaguars taking on the Falcons on Sunday. This one going to be their first game in London this year. And this one's going to have a little bit of an interesting twist. It's going to be in London, of course. Disney Plus is going to also be airing a Toy Story version of the game. So uh, you have your pick on how to watch the game. If things start going badly for the Jaguars, you just put it on the Disney Plus version. I'm sure that will 
be less painful to watch. Absolutely. Hey, why? I, that, if they're down at halftime like they were against Texans 17-0, flip it over. I want to watch the Disney Plus version of it. You got to, you got to see Andy. You know, Andy and the Toy Story toys and everybody on there. I, I just want to be watching if they're losing 17-0 at halftime. Hey, we, we just need to know whose team Buzz Lightyear's on. All right, this Jaguars and Falcons game has a few interesting storylines and a few things that we'll be keeping an eye on. One of them. How about the revenge narrative? We talked about Calvin Ridley early in the game. There he is when he was in that Falcons jersey. Of course, that marriage with the Falcons had an interesting end to it, but now he's here in Jacksonville. Jaguars made that trade with Atlanta. Uh, Calvin Ridley has to be up just, just maybe a little bit extra to play against his old team. Yeah, of course. I mean, when he talked, when he met with the media for the first time in Jacksonville about what he'd gone through and how that bridge kind of disintegrated during his time in Atlanta, I think he felt a little bit um, betrayed. And this was a good start for him coming to Jacksonville. So I'm sure he still has friends on the team, sure has a place in his heart for Atlanta, but it's got to be something. You're, you're going against your former employer and stuff. You want to prove a point. You want to make a point that they did something wrong by letting you walk, and I think that's going to be a big game for Calvin. We'll definitely be keeping an eye on it because he's had a few rough weeks out there along with the rest of the Jaguars offense, so it'd be good to see him bounce back and have a big week, maybe similar to what he had in the first week of the season. Now, a current Falcons player that the Jaguars are going to have to find a way to slow down is their rookie running back, Bajon Robinson. People knew he was going to be good coming out of Texas, but I don't know if the <laughs> NFL world knew he was going to be quite this good. He's been dynamic. He looks good, and you package him with a Kyle Pitts, and oh man, he's just it's so fun to watch. You knew he was going to be good. I mean, you draft a running back that high in the draft is kind of He's a little skittish about that. He has looked good so far. Gives that offense a little bit different of an element. You've got Bijan, you got Kyle Pitts in there. That's scary. That type of offensive potential is scary for a guy like Desmond Ritter getting involved. Look, rule number one for this Jaguars defense is they have to stop the run so they can have fun. They got to find a way to slow down Bajan Robinson because if they let him get going, he is a game wrecker type of player. Yep. And He's the biggest threat on that Falcons offense. Desmond Ritter is a okay quarterback, okay, but Bajan Robinson is a game wrecker kind of talent. All right, really quickly, Justin here, win or lose this week in London? I think they win this week in London. I think they bounce back. I think a, a tough week of practice. They've been there before. They played well there. Um, I know you're coming off a loss last year there, but I think things start to come together. And again, you get Cam Robinson back for the Buffalo game in week five, so I think that's a, a good thing to look forward to for the offense. I know the Falcons are 2-1, and one, been a little more stable. They're coming off a loss, but I like the Jaguars this weekend's Falcons. I'm right there with you. This is a must-win kind of game, almost must-win at least. I say the Jaguars walk off with a win because they feel the urgency. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us.